What's going on, folks? You know what time it is. It's the Marquette Effect Podcast, and I am your host, Marquette. What's happening, people? It's been a long time. I apologize. I know that you all have been waiting. The issue has been that I was stricken with laryngitis, could not speak. And if you know me, you know that I love to talk. So me not being able to talk was the closest thing to hell that I've ever experienced. But we're back, people. Still overcoming the the illness, but... I think I'm well enough to do a podcast this morning. So what's been going on? What's been going on with me is just been working, man. Just been trying to master the domain of marketing. You feel me? Uh, It's been a very interesting experience, learning new skills, making connections, seeing results happen in the real world, uh, using that those learnings for clients. I was actually thinking the other day, I was like, yo, this year has literally been the best year of my life. But like it's it's astounding how you would miss that, right? It's astounding how like people speaking about myself here, how I just was going through life and being like not realizing that I was in the best year of my life so far. Now why has this been the best year of my life? Well, this year was when I started getting traction with comedy. Well, I actually got a movie deal, made connections. I'm close friends with the director and writer of the movie that I'm in, as well as um, a few other people that I share the set with. Um, and we're going to continue creating together. Um, this year was when I finally started my freelance business, which has made monetary, uh, which has made my financial life easy to where I'm getting to a place where I don't even have to consider money. Uh, I'm working with a company now. The reason why I'm able to be in that position is I'm working with a company now that basically teaches people how to make more money, how to manage their finances, how to freelance. Like I literally work for a company that teaches that. So we get free training on it. So life has not been better. This is really a pivotal year for me. The year like in the last part of this year, I have to do stand up. Um, during the premiere of the movie and like that's the last frontier stand up is the last fear i have to conquer uh in order for me to be my full self right um because when you when you have fears around something it basically means that that's your growth state right that's you, that's where you grow right if you're doing things you're that are already in your comfort zone you're not going to be changed by doing them the only way you can be changed and become like the proverbial phoenix and rise from the ashes is if you do something that makes you uncomfortable. Uh, so the only thing I really fear right now is getting on stage and <laughs> saying jokes that may not be good to an audience that may or may not like them. But me doing that one time will completely vanquish me of that fear. It doesn't mean I won't feel nerves or anything by doing it again. It just means that right now, once I do that once, I know that. Like when I first started making videos, right? My first skit, nigga, I was horrified to put that shit up. Horrified, bro. Like I can't even begin to explain how nerve-wracking that was. And you probably disbelieve that. Like you probably think that's pretty unbelievable. Like seeing how consistent I've been with putting work out and putting content out, you're probably like, why would you be nervous about something like that? Well, for multiple reasons. One, 
it was something that I'm doing that virtually no one else I know do does. I don't know why my speech patterns is fucked up this morning. <laughs> just grammatically, like if you could see the words I'm saying on a paper and like Microsoft Word, it'd be red squiggly lines all over that bitch. Here's the thing. I was doing something that no one else in Greenville was doing, or at least doing well. There's other people who do it, but they fucking suck. I don't care if they hear this. They suck. So I was the first person doing it. My fear was, one, it's not good. Two, what will people who I grew up with think? Will I be judged for this? You know, will I be judged for putting out this this type of content? Which is a very real fear. Right. You don't want to look like you're childish. You don't want to look like, you know, like I'm damn near 30. Like I, this is the age where you're supposed to be getting success. At least that's just the myth that goes around in culture. It's like when you hit 30, you should be, you know, leveling up in places. So me putting out content on Instagram is not me leveling up. It's almost equivalent to me playing video games from my perspective at the time. So that first skit was nerve wracking. And in fact, it wasn't even something like I didn't sit down and think like, okay, I'm going to start making skits and I'm going to be consistent and now I'm going to make all this stuff happen. It's like, no, that wasn't the situation. Situation was I was home bored because I think I left work early to go to a chiropractor appointment. And the story was my I was getting like carpal tunnel or some shit, right? Like typing at work was becoming painful. So I set up a chiropractor appointment and when I like I called them, I was like, listen, this is what's going on. There's a pain in my arm. Can I come in and check this out? Can y'all can y'all do anything about this? And the chick I talked to was like, yeah, we can fix that. No problem. We see that all the time. I'm like, cool. Make the appointment, bitch. I'll be there uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. So she makes the appointment. I get into the office. Um, I see the doctor and he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, um, the bitch didn't tell you. Well, she didn't do her job, so you should fire her. But this is what's happening. My arm is hurting. Like, I feel like I have a carpal tunnel or something. Um, like, my elbow. Like, I have a, a tennis elbow, I think is what it's called. What can you all do for me? And my man was like, damn, bro, I got the same thing. It bothers, It's bothering me right now. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? And he was like, well, you can we can crack her back and stuff. But I don't know how much that'll help. So I'm furious, you know, because I'm not wasting my time on the call out of work, wasting the day for you all to tell me you can't do anything about it. When Shorty on the phone told me that y'all see this kind of stuff all the time. So the annoyance of I thought that was inherently funny. I thought like me going to a chiropractor and him telling me he has the same thing he has was funny. Like imagine someone having cancer going to a doctor like. Like they got cancer, they're talking to her family. The family's like, "Yes, don't worry about it. The doctor, this is a, this is a great doctor. He's one hundred percent going to heal your cancer. We're called, we call her early enough. You're going to be fine." You know, there's still hope into the individual. And then they go and talk to the doctor, and he's like, "Yeah, I got the same cancer. Shit, uh, see who dies first. You know what I mean? Like this shit is just funny to me, even though it's dark. <laughs> it's it's just funny. Um, so I recorded this that skit. wasn't great, wasn't fantastic. But the people who I were afraid to be judged by seemed like they actually liked it. So I was like, okay, well, let me do some more. So then I made I made another one, right? This one I wrote. I actually wrote this one down. It wasn't ad-libbed like the first one I did. So I wrote it out and did it. 
got some more traction. I was like, okay, let me take this a little bit more seriously. So I looked at how to get more exposure on Instagram. I understood how to use hashtags and and how to use hashtags that a lot of other people weren't using so that your content stands out. I started doing that. Um, So I made more content, got more attention, and I started taking even more serious. I started reading books on comedy and being more scientific with how I did jokes and stuff like that. Um, which blew my shit up for me. You know, I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram, but for the amount of followers I had, I was getting hella views, hella views, hella views. Um, the reason why I don't have like 10 K or a hundred K followers on Instagram is because when I joined Instagram was around the time where it's, it's organic reach was, was falling. You know, anything about social media, organic reach is like me. If I post content without just how everyone posts on Instagram. If I just post something, how many people are going to see it? Right. It used to be a lot of people would see it. Everyone who you were following would see what you post now. But these social media platforms are incentivized to try to get more and more people to buy ads. So as more people start to pay for their posts to be seen, um, they start to make the organic reach potential go down. And you can't be mad about that because it's in their best interest. This is a business, right? So when I joined Instagram, the organic reach was beginning to drop. So I did not experience the the untouched green pasture that a lot of my colleagues were experiencing. Like you will probably go on Instagram right now and you'll see a lot of people who make content that's not that great, but they have thousands, if not millions of followers this time. That's only because they were on the social media wave early. They established foothold. They got the real estate early. So it worked out for them. Right. I did not. So that's why I'm not like a 10K and shit, because I get I was getting more engagement. than Those people who were getting 10, 20K followings. So long story short, the reason why I know my content was really good is because I got the movie deal. Right. And no one else. There's people who have. There's one guy who his name is. I forgot his name's gay white dude. He hit me up early on in my career, right? When I was making videos. He's like, bro, you make amazing daily content. Because at this time, I was putting videos out daily. And I was like, I appreciate it, bro. And he followed me. I guess he expected me to follow him back. I did not. So he unfollowed me, right? So this dude was also making daily content. He was homeless, living in his car. He had, like, drove his car to California. Was homeless. And he was just making daily videos. And he had, like, the, the gay the gay funny sense of humor you know what i'm talking about like the funny gay dude that you may know who's very sarcastic very snappy that type of sense of humor funny dude um but his stuff wasn't like prepare funny it was more like improv mine is prepare funny i could do improv too but i like my shit to be written anyway so with that being said fast forward to now i have more followers than him at that point this dude has millions of followers on social media bro now, that may, that may contradict what I just recently said about the reason why I don't have a lot of followers. The reason why this dude has a lot is, one, because he's a gay funny dude, right? Two, um, he does a lot of challenges. See, I know exactly how to grow on social media. If I didn't give a fuck about what kind of content I put out, I know the ways to grow. You have to understand, you're not dealing with a dumb person. I'm, I'm very studious. I research shit a lot. I read a lot and I'm very quick to implement shit that I learn. So I know the ways I've done the research. If you look at these people who have a lot of followers, a lot of them, if their shit isn't really funny, 
a lot of them, social media, for whatever reason, the type of person that likes to laugh on social media likes to be entertained by relatable shit. They want relatable stuff. So on Instagram, you know, places like that, they want people who who make skits. The people they're entertaining want stuff that is relatable. So for example, take someone like Desi Banks. Desi Banks doesn't do anything that's funny. Not to me. Right? Like, for example, he has a video where he has a character named Parlay. And Parlay is a hood dude. And he has this whole series when hood dudes do this, when hood dudes do that, when hood. So it's just this hood dude Parlay in different scenarios. Parlay ain't saying nothing funny. He's just acting the way hood dudes act. And people who know hood dudes are like, yeah, they do act like that. Like, follow, right? That's not the kind of content I post. I could. I just don't give a fuck about that. One, because it's not challenging. I want to be challenging and I want to grow. I want to get better. These people are just trying to get attention. I'm trying to get better at my craft, right? And I'm not knocking anybody for doing that. I'm just explaining to you the difference. Maybe you didn't realize that and I want to help you put on the same perspective that I have on. So these people are just trying to get big, right? They're trying to get big, trying to get money, blah, blah, blah. Right. These are the same people who would join a reality show if the opportunity was presented to them because they don't care. They just want to get attention. I'm a little more strategic than that. <laughs> I know that long term, if you just put out a good shit, eventually you'll catch the attention of people that can actually give you opportunities. Which is why I got the movie deal. There's people who have millions of followers. They got a movie deal, bro. Yeah, they get to go to places and and perform and get a check but again long-term strategy bro long term i put out good stuff i continue to put out good stuff and as i continue to put out good stuff i'll get noticed by people who know what's good because if you notice dave Chappelle was not laughing at desi banks neil brennan co-writer of Chappelle show was not laughing at these instagram skits right that's that's not what's going on these people aren't necessarily that talented. And I know it sounds like I'm knocking and I'm bitter. I'm not. I'm explaining again. My strategy is to get the attention of the people who know what quality is. Because my shit is quality. I'm not saying it's the best, but if you watch my stuff, you will notice that one, it's purely creative. This isn't a situation people have been in before. It's a creative skit. Like one skit that I have that's going viral right now is the fact that there's this guy that goes to hell and he seems to be enjoying himself. That's an original idea. It don't mean that no one else thought of something similar, but the way that I executed on it is completely original. The jokes that I say, you're not gonna hear anybody else say them because I thought of them. I didn't hear somebody say a joke and they put it in my skit like a lot of these motherfuckers do. I thought of it. I put it in my skit. Right? That's why people quoted me and saying, like, oh my gosh, shit is crazy. <clears throat> Actual effort goes into what I am creating. So, anyway, I won't just make myself seem so amazing. Uh, but that's just the situation. Um, and that is my strategy. So, the reason to my next point. When I just spoke about a skit going viral, it didn't go viral on Instagram. It went viral on TikTok. Yes, I know. I said I wasn't going to get on TikTok. I said I wouldn't become one of the Wiggles because there's only kids and pedophiles on that app. But 
I cracked. Gary V cracked me. He said, listen, get on TikTok. That's where the organic reach is the highest. The intention there is amazing. People are getting incredible engagement. So I got to download the app. I looked at it. And surprise, surprise, it's actually pretty dope. TikTok is now my favorite app. By far. By far, bro. Shit is crazy. Twitter is like my favorite app, but I spent too much time on Twitter, so I deleted it. Because that's where the real funny people are on fucking Twitter. That shit is hilarious. But TikTok, bro. TikTok is slept on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yes, I said something completely different weeks ago. I was wrong, bro. TikTok is the new way. First of all, those kids up there, man, they funny as shit. They got different types of challenges going on. And these shits are funny as hell, bro. I don't know why I forgot. Like, when I was in high school, the jokes we were telling were like adult jokes. Like... The shit that I was saying in high school made me laugh now and will make people laugh now. So, of course, these high schoolers who are making stuff on TikTok are also hilarious. <clears throat> um, two, that's where I posted. They have like great filters and stuff where you can get really creative. Like they have a green screen filter where you don't need a green screen. So you can just put an image of something behind you. That alone changes the fucking game. Right. Um, with the hell skit that I was just talking about, there is a filter where. I can make myself have like black eyes, demon eyes. Um, so this just allows me to do different things creatively. So the app is really, really, really dope. In fact, I had a week ago, I had 130, 139 followers on that platform. Now I have over 7,000. So you grow rapidly up there if you can get something to go viral. Now, I've posted like 12 videos, only one had to go on viral, but it's still getting likes and comments like five days later. So the shit lasts up there, bro. It fucking lasts. I highly recommend anyone who's listening to this podcast who may want to do something similar to what I'm doing or just want to put out content in general. Get on TikTok, bro. You will not regret it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so to wrap things up here, what I've been working on recently but I've been getting back into a really creative zone recently, right? So I've gotten back to a place where I am now making things daily. Not making videos daily per se, but making content daily, writing daily, being creative daily. Because I'm starting to understand that creativity is a muscle. So I'll write something that I won't even make. But I just write it just to keep the creative juices flowing. Because at the end of the day, quality comes from quantity. Right. Like people will tell you, professional joke writers will say that one out of every 10 jokes are good. So in order to get to the 10, if you want 10 good jokes, you need to write 100 jokes. Right. To get to 10 good ones. So if I want 10 good skits, I need to write 100 skits. Then I mean, I'm only going to put out those 10 that are good. I'm going to put out all the 100 or maybe 50, 50 of the 100. Right. That I actually feel are decent. Um. But I'm really getting more into a space where I'm trying to be prolific. Like the director of the movie that I'm in, he's prolific. Prolific is someone who has a amazing amount of output. Like James Patterson, that writer who's from North Carolina. He's the definition of prolific. Dude has put out, I don't know, I think he writes 10 books per year, which is a lot, bro. That's a lot of books. Some people only write one book per year. He writes 10. Now he has a machine. He has other writers who co-write with him, I think. But it doesn't matter. He's figured out a system to put out 
extra extra throughput as my boss would say um and that's really the space that i'm in now man it's really like okay let me just continue writing continue just getting better at this craft um and that's another thing that other people i don't think are doing how do you get better right that's the advantage i have over these people is that not that we're in competition i don't give a fuck about them i just notice what they're doing to see if i can you know learn any best practices from them but they're not my competition i'm my competition right so one thing that helps me out a lot is i have a obsession with getting better how do i improve so for example i realized that my word economy could be better word economy and writing is being able to say the same thing with fewer words uh i think mark twain was the one who coined the who said uh brevity is the soul of wit right so I noticed that in my hell skit, like I was trying to unpack that. Why did that go viral? I have different hypotheses. One is that it immediately engages you. First thing you see is do a black eye saying, welcome to hell. Okay, I'm going to watch this now, right? In my other skits, I'm kind of talking a lot before you get to anything that's engaging. So I'm like, okay, how about I, one, open the skit with something that is engaging either it's funny or it needs to be an idea that's so fresh that people are like well let's see where this goes right or um uh, with that not or but and i should make sure that i'm not as word heavy with the dialogue the dialogue needs to be cut especially on tiktok because they limit you to a minute instagram has a signature shit to where you can put longer stuff up there via igtv and just put multiple videos on one post but on tiktok you got to have brevity is king so you have to be able to make some sh- tell a story in a minute how do i get that done right um there's actually a skit i'm working on part two of that hill skit since it did so well um and people were actually asking me for a part two and which has opened my whole world up because bro listen i know this podcast isn't very funny but I'm still getting I'm getting back to the swing of things. Next one should be hilarious. <laughs> Just bear with me, niggas. Um, but people were asking me for a part two of the demon skit. And they were also asking me for part two of my blues clue skit. So I'm like, bro, I can make multiple skits. I can I can like instead of just making one skit, and be like, OK, that was funny. Next, I can I can elongate the relevancy of the skit by making multiple parts to it. So, for example, I have a skit where. I play a psychologist and the person I'm talking to is a kleptomaniac, right? He steals shit for no reason. I can make that a series where I'm just a psychologist talking to different people with problems. That could work. That very well could work. So, you know, we're just trying to get more creative, man. Trying to really get way better with this thing. Sorry, I was drinking some tea here. My throat was tightening up. Um, Yeah, so just trying to get better man and that's how you get better is you have to isolate a part of what you're doing and then improve that you can't improve the whole thing you can improve parts of the picture and by improving parts of the picture the whole the totality of the picture is improved right so that is the focused now and i've also been trying to remember to write one joke per day i got some good jokes bro i think I haven't tested them off out to audiences yet, but I have some decent bits, I think. 
they have potential. They at least have potential to be good. Because if you know anything about comedians, like they'll write a joke, they'll go on stage, test it out, and then they'll just finesse it from there. They finesse it by getting the feedback from the audience. I'm missing feedback from the audience, so I just have good ideas for bits. I've not really tested um, anything on stage yet, but we're gonna, we'll get there. We'll get there. The ultimate goal is to just be prolific and to provide. That's what my boss asked me the other day. He was like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, listen, man, I just want to be in a situation where I can provide opportunities to other people. Right. However, that takes place. But I really want it to exist in the domain of entertainment. I want to be able to provide opportunities to other people while also creating things I like to create. But I also am someone who can recognize a good idea. I've always been that way. I've always been able to recognize quality. Always. People will tell you. My sister is the person who knows this the most about me. Is like when new rappers or new entertainers come out, I have like a a 95% chance of predicting longevity with them. Just based off the quality of what they're putting out. I'm like, all right, that's good. Like, I can not like something and also understand why other people love it. Like, when I heard that song, um, I had no idea people were liking that song. First heard, I was like, that's going to be a hit. That's going to 100% be a hit. I said, that's a very well-written song. People are going to love this shit. And lo and behold, nigga, this shit blew up. So I want to apply that ability. I call it like Diddy Vision. <laughs> uh, but I want to apply that ability to like people creating comedy. Right. So I'm like, OK, you got an idea for a show. I want to produce that. Let's produce that. Let's let's get that on air because that's a good fucking idea. And you are telling a great fucking story. And if something isn't that great, I can tell you exactly why it's not that great. I can tell you what needs to be changed. And if you change that, it becomes great. So there's a lot of talent, bro. That's why a lot of raw talent is what I have. So that's why I'm trying to apply that into places and really take over out here, man, as much as I can. Like Tyler Perry really motivated me recently when he bought or built that studio in Atlanta. Um, I don't know if I want to execute things the same way. I wouldn't say that I'm the same as Tyler Perry because I'm not like someone who like I know that I'm not like, oh, you're you're a storyteller. I do have that ability to be a storyteller, but there's other people, man, who have to tell stories. You know what I mean? They have like the director of the movie Thankful for My Family comes out November 14th on Amazon. He has to tell stories when I talk to him. He's like when he's distracted and busy doing other things and is not in a position to write, he gets anxious and and annoyed because he has all these stories in him that are bubbling up trying to get out. I don't know what that feels like, bro. So that lets me know that hints to me that, hey, you may not be a storyteller on that level. It's not binary. It's not either you're a storyteller or you're not. It's more so he is a prolific storyteller. Where there's just stories in him. That's in his DNA. Just like it's in Tyler Perry's DNA. It's not in my DNA. I can still make stories. It's just not in my... It's not nothing that I need to do. There's entrepreneurs who say that you should only start a business if you need to start a business. It's not because you want to make money. 
not because you want to be popular or you think entrepreneurship is cool. Start a business because you need to. The idea is so compelling. It's like you can't not do this, right? I resonate with that. I need to tell jokes. Like, I need humor. That's just in me. I don't know how which way it manifests. The most successful way it's manifested so thus far is in acting and in creating skits. But that's my need. I need to be creative. If I'm not creative for a long period of time, I'm not happy. So I need creativity to be happy. Um, so, yeah, man, I'll leave you all with that again. Next podcast, I promise, will be funny. <laughs> this one was me just... Uh, bleeding onto the page but uh anyway if you have any comments hit me up on instagram make sure to follow me on tiktok uh at the marquette effect number one not like the numerical symbol one just the number one so the marquette effect one um on tiktok get on tiktok man i'm telling you you may not want to have another app you may be like i spend too much time on social media as it is trust me if you want to be entertained get on tiktok until next time marquette out